Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is making it a minnesota podcast where we talk with bipoc artists and creators in minnesota about their art and experiences we are your hosts i'm jamie randall an indigenous writer and fiber artist in minnesota and my name's azania tripp i'm african-american and singaporean eurasian and i make collage earrings and wearable art azania would you like to introduce our guest today of course so today we have heather She is a magical human that does amazing things, very well connected in the Twin Cities community and probably other places that she will tell us about. So if you want to introduce yourself and other other things, please. What should we know? Yeah. Yes. Well, I am so excited to be here with you. So I am Heather. I also go by H or HCL and I use she, her and hers pronouns. And I am an artist in the Twin Cities. Mostly I focus on visual art, but I also have some kind of different mixed media that I do, including poetry and prose, the occasional, you know, funny performance art, but I kind of stay away from that if I can, because I'm just a generally awkward human, but I think that is what makes it appealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm originally from LA and I've been here in Minnesota for four years. And some things to know about me is I am an angry Gemini earth dragon. I am a queer, multiracial, disabled artist and a dog mom. And I think we're going to talk a lot about the fact that I am a dog mom. I think the, the creatures that are also in my art studio that I am talking to you from in East St. Paul are Sprout and Loon. So I'm sure they'll they'll have something to say throughout the time that we're together. They're currently sleeping, but I'm sure that they'll Zoom bomb or Google Meet bomb. <laughs> yeah, or no, something. they're very welcome in this conversation. So yes, whenever they so. need to speak up, we will give them that space. Yeah. Yes, we'll have to. Yeah. Yes, they're they're just going to show up. <laughs> I moved my cat's tunnel out of this room so she wouldn't hear the shaking. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Try to prepare. Yeah. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Yeah. Sometimes I can't even hear anybody. And I'm just like looking at her and the other person like it just ignores it because they're just being Minnesota nice. But I'm like, don't you want to see what? I mean, she's freaking out. It's only kind of weird. They're not my only. It's only a little bit weird when you have like two like creepy eyes staring like 
from behind you? Is it a glowing uh-huh. demon? <laughs> like, should I be afraid for you? Should I warn you that there's something behind you? Yeah. Is this normal? The answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally normal. Everything is fine. Everything it's is fine, fine until you see something like flying across the screen and then you're like, I'm a little worried for your wellness. <laughs> something could get hurt. And I think that thing is you. So anyways. I not want Azania hurt. Oh. <laughs> I would well, now nowhere I, without my co-host. There's, I know, and there's there's multiple multiple creatures now, so I'm not mad about yes. it. <laughs> All that to say is crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Yes, the wires are so loud. <laughs> but thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about your art journey? What is your what is what is how what has that looked like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have been a long time art lurker my whole life. Not a first time poster, but like long time lurker, first time caller. <laughs> I remember, you know, being a tiny human and and sitting, taking kind of like that that paper that had the like perforated edges, right? And I would just like draw for like hours and hours and doodle for hours, and it was my favorite thing to do. I just remember drawing my entire life, whether it was like taking paint and water and like sitting on the sidewalk in Southern California and like painting or, you know, doing stuff like that. Or I was always creating, whether it was like a light bright or an easy bake oven, like creating Mm -hmm. things has always made me really, really happy. And doing weird things that are nature or animal themed has always just been something that feels really important. and, And as someone that has had a lot of different experiences with like trauma. I haven't always had the ability to express myself. And so I think art has has been kind of like a through line in my life where I've been able to use like squiggles or broad strokes to kind of help express what's going on for me. And so throughout my life, that's that's been my, my mode of communication, whether it's like colors or sparkles or paper or whatever it would be. So yeah, I've, I've always had kind of like different treasures that would, that I would give people. Mm. So from there, I, I would say that I've I more seriously started creating and I've had my, my art practice since 2012, 2013. Um, I started out doing more like watercolor and acrylic and kind of just painting more abstract and, and doing line drawings. I, I really love painting things that make people feel joyful, right? And mm. question identity and gender. And I do like boobs, butts, and vulvas. But at first glance, you think they're hearts. And you're like, wait a minute, that is some like <laughs> yonic shit. <laughs> you know, like, wait, I am like looking at a glittery butthole, right? Or, <laughs> you know. bus kind. Yeah, like, of course. Like, I'm not mad about that, right? Like, oh, it's very shiny. Or, like, I love painting fruit and vegetables from my garden or being able to to create pieces. I have, like, a whole bunch of postcards that I'm currently working on and drawing as we're talking for, like, little kind of, like, mini, like, hopeful projects that will be distributed currently to the Sisters of St. Joseph who are in our retirement community during COVID to help hopefully combat social isolation, right? So so everything that I've been trying to do throughout my artistic career has been about 
trying to connect people over things that maybe feel controversial or hard or, you know, something that would be on a dining room table when talking about identity or white supremacy and something that may be a hard conversation with your parent or grandmother, but it's really bright and shiny and fun. And all of a sudden a grandparent's looking at something that looks like a peach and you're like, oh, that's a really fun peach. And you're like, grandma, that is like a big old vulva. <laughs> so let's talk about gender and identity and like, you know, things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, I mean, my art journey has been wide and multifaceted and, and it's been transformative and throughout all of it, it has been about identity and play and joy and hope and also, you know, healing and being able to center people with historically minoritized and marginalized identities unapologetically. And that has been something that feels really important to me, especially now that I lived in the Twin Cities in a predominantly white state. Mm-hmm. Something that's been really important to me is making sure that us to be unapologetic in centering Black and Brown, um, Indigenous and people of color who are current trans in my work. I think that is kind of like an overview of what I do and what I love. And I... I also do a lot of blog printing. And so that's something that in my work, trying to make it accessible, you know, teaching people how to make art, how do you learn how to block print out of like styrofoam takeout boxes or how do you figure out how to, how to do these things out of everyday items. So, yeah. I love it. What a journey. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I mentioned, uh, that I've noticed, I would say in some of your art is you, there's definitely like some repeat symbolism and mm. I'm really curious about the persimmon. I was seeing it like so much as I was looking through it. I'm like, oh, I wonder like, like where does this come from? Because there's obviously like something there. So if you feel comfortable sharing with us kind of like that symbolism for you. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I love that you, that you brought that up. Well, I love persimmons. A, they're really yummy. So growing up in Southern California, my grandparents moved from Tuishan which is in southern China. They, they immigrated to the U.S. and they immigrated through Angel Island into San Francisco and eventually moved from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And that's, you know, where, where I was raised. And my grandparents raised me for most of my childhood. My parents were working class and, and were often at work from anywhere from 3 a.m. till late at night and, and weren't really able to take care of me. But some of my fondest memories were of being at my grandmother's house. Um, and in my grandmother's house, there's this huge persimmon tree, mm. like, like one of the biggest trees that I could even think of. It had to have been there for, I mean, I don't even know, but like, I just was this tiny little human. And um, I remember every single fall, my grandma would have buckets, like the big old buckets from, you know, like places like Home Depot or hardware stores or the grocery store or whatever. And it was my job to pick up all the persimmons to harvest all the persimmons. And it was her favorite fruit. And it's by far my favorite fruit as well. It's very like Chinese. It's very, you know, it's it's for harvest, like the, the autumn harvest. And it's it's a it's a fruit of fortune. It's it's golden. It's a it's a fruit of, you know, love and symbolism. It's it's a fruit of prosperity for the year to come. And so whenever I experience a persimmon, it brings back all the memories of like my grandmother, right? Um it brings back the the memories of like sitting in the backyard and like putting all those persimmons in those buckets after buckets and she used to have like at one point just like 
a huge trunk full of like boxes and buckets of persimmons that she would drive around and give to her friends. And she'd be like, oh, 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 I've got like all of these persimmons. And she would just like give them to all of her friends. And like, she was like, you know, like it's such like an old auntie, right? Grandma, (laughs) she would be like, oh, oh, you're hungry. Okay, here you go. Right. And her, Mm -hmm. her like way of like loving and caring was through food. You know, like I think a lot of like older BIPOC folks, especially like as an immigrant, that was that was the way that she could relate. And so, especially now living in the Midwest, finding persimmons was hard. Yeah, ripe ones. Like like the kind of persimmons too. So there's a few different kinds of persimmons. You know, there's the like there's like the fuyu persimmon, which is like a a larger heart shaped one. You'll find it in like Persian Persian cuisine, Japanese. Pr- cuisine it's you eat it when it's softer and the persimmon that I like is a different kind of persimmon and eat it when it's hard so it's kind of like a flat persimmon so I found a few and sometimes I like I draw them out of like persimmon lust (laughs) like I have a lust for persimmons like an unapologetic like persimmon lust and so yeah so also like in times of like wanting to convey joy or like if I'm missing like my family I'll create like art or depictions of persimmons or for luck I'll like do different kinds of like fruit or vegetables that kind of remind me of you know that time of like harvest or like that kind of symbolism so yeah so persimmon is like a very fortuitous fruit in um, Chinese culture and it's just kind of like a fun thing because a lot of times also people don't know what persimmons are they only see Japanese are like Persian for salmon. And so it's always a fun conversation starter to like this. Mm, I love love persimmons. (laughs) I think it's really fascinating too, that you talk about your, your grandmother sort of like having that auntie vibe, right. Mm -hmm. And showing her love through like gifting. And we, Mm -hmm. and you're talking about doing the same thing with your art, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm creating these postcards and I'm going to deliver them to help fight that isolation. Mm -hmm. Kind of carrying on that auntie vibe in a new way. And the way that's like, that's true to you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's just a really beautiful, like, full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I don't think I have really thought of it that way. I, I work at a, a, you know, at a university as well, like nine to five. And my job is like to do leadership things. And I talk about how my leadership advocacy is definitely inspired and, and role modeled after my grandmother, but I don't think I had really thought about like my art life and that kind of like leadership and advocacy being that connected to her. And so that's a really like thoughtful and, and helpful connection. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see you doing with local hustle too. So you, you're a lot of the work that you do is bringing people together and really thinking about our identities and how we're expressing that through mm-hmm. this very different art mediums. Can you talk a little bit about that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Support Local Hustle is really like love and labor of Lo Kling, who's also the pickle witch, who is also the person who creates YOLO zines. And when I moved here in 2016, Lo had seen a block print that I had created that had said black and brown and queer and trans lives matter and it was posted over at cafe Southside, which no longer is mm-hmm. is physically in existence but i think like the spirit and the love of cafe Southside, you know still mm-hmm. still is there like the heart of that especially in powderhorn and so <laughs> lo had messaged me and was you know like i love this like i want to be friends and eventually we like really cultivated this i think really like 
meaningful friendship and I feel like Lo became someone who was like a friend and mentor and like Sib, you know, to me. We're both from Southern California, actually. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, Lo, I think had done like maybe one or two support local hustles and had said like, I've heard and I had been pretty vocal about doing some different markets in the cities. And for me, they weren't really good fits because I would go and most often I was like one of the only queer women of color. It was very visible. Sometimes I felt really tokenizing and or people who like who would be patrons wouldn't want to pay for my work, but they would go and pay for, you know, white folks work. And so I was pretty vocal and I actually made a lot of art about it. And I would be like, pay me, compensate me. And Lo was like, yes, let's, let's like do this. Like, let's talk about how we need to create alternative economies. And like a lot of the work that I do is around like fuck white supremacy and like, let's address capitalism. And, and Lo talks about that as well. And so we said, let's really focus on, let's support local hustle. Let's support local like black indigenous and people of color artists and makers and let's create the space that hopefully is safer for vendors to share their work so let's give folks the platform right let's let's give people startup money if they need it like let's share how to market your work like let's share how to how to network let's share how how to price things and give feedback if people want it let's mentor people let's build a vendor list as we need to and let's show people how to create markets right let's do an online sale as covid occurred and yeah that was really amazing thanks it was like bananas but like let's support each other right and i think i think that there are great things about it there are challenging things about it i think that i think overall it's been a really challenging and successful series of events and i think that like one thing that we've also learned is it's not necessarily sustainable in its model so at this point we're we're starting to think about how do we make it more of a a network where we help people figure out how they want to put on their own markets and teach skills and share skills with each other. Like we would do in education, right? <laughs> um, how do we teach people skills and help people develop the way that we would we would want them to? And how how do we help people do what they need to do so that they can, they can thrive, but then also still have a network of support that they might need? And so we're kind of reframing, especially in COVID. I think this year has been like on like a tumble dry over and over again. (laughs) And so I think it's been a year for us to like really be discerning and about like, what can we do? It can't just be us. And so we need to broaden, broaden our net, our network and think about sustainability. But I think that like the heart of it is really about how do we advocate with it for ourselves and then start to really think about we can't have spaces that hi Luna. That's the dog. That's Loon. She had a lot of chairs. She she was like, mm-hmm, I agree, Mama. She's like, we have to make it more sustainable. But it's really about like it can't just be like low and Heather, like when is this next market going to happen? But it's going to be like, actually, like, I'm really interested and I want to do this. How do we ask each other for support? So like redefining like, what does it mean to support local hustle? We're not just asking community members to show up and support us, but like reframing it to let's support each other in developing that hustle. So I think that will be a really, a really great reframe as we, as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Right, Luna? That. 
She feels good about it. Good. She's like, yeah, mom. (laughs) She's like, more fetch. She's like, that means more fetch time for me. Let's make fetch happen. Okay, girl. I see it. I see you. (laughs) Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I hear you talking a lot about like building the community that maybe you didn't find or that wasn't already there. And I think that's one of the things that we also want to do through this podcast is like, how do we collectively create that future narrative together so Mm -hmm. that it is sustainable, so that it is something where we are centering those voices that haven't been heard. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested to hear like coming from outside of Minnesota and the Minneapolis community. What would you say, like, are the differences between those those communities where you're coming from, artistic communities, whether you were or not, and then, like, coming here? You know what I mean? Like, tell me about that. <laughs> I moved from Oakland. So Oakland was actually really insular, and it was, like, super competitive in terms of, like, arts community for me. And it was, it felt like everybody already kind of had their group, their niche. And so people weren't really feeling like they wanted to expand it. They already knew where they wanted to sell. They weren't really interested in like a new artist or a different way of expanding that. That wasn't like necessarily an interest. Mm -hmm. But there's something really interesting about the Bay Area and the Twin Cities. I feel like people are often moving between the two areas quite a bit, which I think a lot of us like know and recognize. So for me, when my family was moving here, a lot of folks were like, oh my gosh, I just moved to the Twin Cities or I'm moving there or I know someone there. And so I think also working in education, it's easy to kind of know a few people or I had people that, you know, we had worked with previously who actually just moved to the Twin Cities like a month before us. So like we, we knew some people, my, my partner had lived here previously, so we kind of knew some folks. But I think also I was really intentional about connecting with other artists. And I, I was really intentional in thinking with my family about thinking about living in Powderhorn at first and living in the central and, and knowing that art and community was really important. And so like immediately folks are like, you're an artist, let's connect. You want to talk about your work? Like, let's do that. And like, mm-hmm. I was immediately, you know, trying to exhibit or I had already been selling art before. And so, you know, when I moved, people were already buying my art elsewhere. And so it just kind of like, a, I think I'm kind of maybe a little bit of like a not great example of like how <laughs> Minnesota nice didn't really impact me as much, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I was just like, 
I don't really care. I'm going to go over to a few different places and be like, Hey, I have art. Like I'm going to sell it. Right. Like my first week here, I went over to, you know, Southside and I was like, Hey, like I have these prints. Like, do you, is it okay if we sell some here? And you know, Rox and Anna were like, sure, whatever. And I was like, you can keep the money. I really don't care. You can take it as a donation. Like I really don't care, but like, here you go. But like, it was easy for me to put myself out there because I also felt really confident in my art practice. Mm. And I already felt really solid in like what my voice is. And I already knew that my art connected to education. So I was already like making art for like retreats and sending my art to different institutions. I was already doing commissions for like Hamlin and McAllister. And, you know, so like, I think, I think I was just kind of like a weird Minnesota anomaly. (laughs) But I will say like, looking back, if I hadn't already intentionally connected with folks, it would have been much harder. Like I think about new new folks that I've connected with who are just moving here, who are new artists. I like, I'm very intentional about like, okay, let's get you connected. And like, I've seen how folks have struggled. And I think that I was just like really strategic about the networking before I even moved here. And like very strategic about like making those connections with people who also were like really rad folks. So yeah, I know. I was just like, I think about that all the time and I'm like, man, I'm really lucky. It could have gone very really smart. different. You really did it for yourself. I mean, that's awesome, yeah, right. Yeah, it could have so. gone really different. But also I think about like Instagram makes a difference. Facebook makes mm-hmm. a difference. Like, I think that if I hadn't, like, I don't know, like, I think Instagram does make a difference, right? Like, yeah. When I said like, oh, I'm moving to... Minnesota people were like oh my gosh like this person's moving to Minnesota so and that's when like Instagram was like kind of getting cooler for artists so I think I was like an early adopter artist Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like and I I could be wrong but I feel like in particular like our age group I feel like Instagram is kind of like where we're at and I feel like there's a lot of young people they're on like different apps and like on TikTok and like marketing those spaces where I'm like (laughs) I don't get ticked like I don't don't get it I'm like I don't know how to do it oh yeah we were messaging about it I was like I I think we might have been I was like I downloaded TikTok and I don't get it I just look at dogs I don't get it I mean, your dogs are definitely ready to be TikTok stars. But I don't know how to so. edit the videos. Like, how does it work? Oh, mm-mm. I don't know how it works. No idea. But anyways, yes. Like, so I think Instagram made a difference. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, Jamie, maybe that answers your question. I don't know. No, that does. It absolutely does. I think it's just interesting to hear what people's experiences are within their community here in Minnesota. Because I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we as like a state or an area like to say like we're really rich with opportunity mm-hmm. and artist communities and things like that mm-hmm. and I think that's really amazing that you were able to like find people right away gosh I and was get lucky. connected because that makes such a difference right like mm-hmm. to already have that community built I think is it's definitely key for creators for writers for artists yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a, I think a key to to helping stay connected. So I'm, I just think it's really cool too that you're helping to then build that community. You're contributing to that's helped carry you along. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just on local hustle on on your Instagram account because I was looking for like BIPOC artists because we're trying to oh make self care yes. packets. Because I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. particularly like I'm, and I was trying to give some recommendations of 
Smart. Black Pan-African artist that I could recommend to our Black student group. So I was like, oh, let me like go That's through. So and usually smart. what I do is like go through the people that you follow. And I'm like, okay, okay, this person looks interesting. And There's then I some start cool people them, on really Support helpful. Local Hustle. <laughs> Yeah, no, and yeah. it's it's great because then it's like that's such a great hub where we mm-hmm. can like you know with our jobs right so like we have mm-hmm. small yes. micro <laughs> like pools of money yeah it's like how can <laughs> that's how I feel like I've yeah. been feeling it for a couple weeks but like how can we make sure that like we're bringing that money like back into the community and I feel like particularly like how you're utilizing Instagram like it's really easy for me within like the multiple roles in my life to be like okay I really want to think about like this artist and like I know I'd reached mm-hmm. out to you like oh I want to buy some shea butter Heather do you have someone you can yeah <laughs> and yeah. so like that was really nice so, I mean it was great it makes so a difference a really strong mm-hmm. it makes yeah, such really a beautiful. difference to be able to be like oh do you know a person I'm like oh my gosh I know like the best people <laughs> like let me tell you like I have some go-to yeah. people that I I even like yeah there's like basic butter like I love them so much and they're like mm-hmm. the cutest most badass people but I'm just like I will hype them forever because I love I love it like I even sent it to my sister in California she lives in California and she's like I love this shit <laughs> Yeah, you know, but there's just like, it. yeah, it's good. Yeah, I don't, I, think I don't like bad shit. I only like mm-hmm. good shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's a really healthy, or at least like the communities that I, I feel like I've been a part of, is like mm-hmm. there's a really healthy critique that happens in, mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what makes it mm-hmm. significantly stronger than like other spaces because I. Yeah. I feel like in New- like living in New York, and I assume it's kind of similar to yes. California. Is like really competitive. Yeah, you're running. And I mean, like, you're very proficient. Everyone's very proficient in their work. And Mm -hmm. you're trying to find ways to, yeah, like, navigate that. But I don't see that kind of energy here. I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. And it's like, we don't have time to be competitive. I mean, some people, maybe they do, but I I don't have time. I'm too old. I don't know those people. I don't have time. I'm too old. And I would much rather, like, support people in, like, making our work better right like Mm -hmm. there's too few like there's not enough of us like right like BIPOC folks and I'd rather us like hone our crafts and like be badasses and get all the money and redistribute Mm -hmm. that money right Mm -hmm. than like see it go to the same 10 white people and white organizations again and again and again and I think the Twin Cities like when I first moved here, people were like, oh my gosh, it's so great. And it is. Like, we have a lot of really wonderful arts funding in ways that I've never seen. And it's, it's amazing. And, and like, now that I'm at this point in my career, and, like, I think I'm, like, in my arts career, I'm, like, approaching kind of this, like, I'm still, like, a new artist, but I think I'm approaching mid-level. Like, I can see it now in a different way. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's not this, like, I, I don't want to say it's not, like, LA and the Bay and like New York where it's not like this elitist scene. We have these beautifully well-trained high level artists, Mm -hmm. but we're, we're willing to teach. We have teaching and caring artists that are focused on community. And that is what makes, I think our work different. Mm -hmm. I hope if we have California and New York listeners, which we will. No, I'm sure we will. And you should move to Minneapolis. (laughs) But don't, but don't, because we are, 
but what? Or, or but don't because just stay in California. <laughs> oh, true. You but like should maybe stay model model the yeah. Minneapolis yeah. vibe. You should ha- uh, hire stay there. us as a leader consultant. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, after oh. COVID, yeah, you can you can hire us, but stay there because I don't want you all that to move true. here and make it. Crowded. I forgot. Um, yeah, don't move here. We're horrible. We're, we're <laughs> it's really cold. Really cold. It's really cold. Yeah. We have horrible oh. food. There's no people of color. You will be sad. You betcha. So. It's okay. It could be. It could be better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you I'm betcha. interested. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, next can you next talk subject. A little, bit, a little bit more about your pets and how um, they're a part of your work. And yes. Kiki's here now. <gasps> Kiki. I love Kiki. So she's ready to do the animal section. I love you, Kiki. Kiki, do you love me? Kiki. Kiki, do you love me? I love you, Kiki. She loves the song. <laughs> that was funny. That was a, in case you missed it. It was a Drake reference. I've, actually, I've never actually listened to that song, just so you know. I just yeah, I think I've only seen the silly videos of like mm-hmm. people walking in their cars. And yeah. Like, I don't get it, but... My cat is what everyone should sing about. So yeah, do you I agree. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. This is good. So I love animals. This pop, this this interview is over. I'll leave now. <laughs> so one of the things that actually brings me the most joy in my art is making animal portraits. I have a giant pile of animal pet portraits. I've probably made a couple hundred in like awesome. the time that I've been an artist mostly because at one point well I'm like a I like I'm very much obsessed with my I have two dogs right now I have an almost four-year-old border collie mix named Sprout Burlington Chaco Schneider Lou and she's perfect she's 45 pounds but I just just in case you were wondering so she's a solidly medium dog (laughs) And she has very big ears and very long legs. They're like not proportional for all of your listeners. That's very important context you need to know. She's very good. She's a very good girl. She like is a listener. She follows rules. She's one of my art inspirations. She, yeah, she's perfect. And then there's Loon. Loon is, that's all. Loon over cancer. She's She's 35 pounds and she's a cattle dog. And she has no regard for rules. And I'm pretty sure she would, <laughs> if I died, she would eat my dead body immediately. <laughs> she probably, but she's basically me. Sprout is Sprout's a Taurus and Luna is a Libra. And Loon is definitely just me. Her and I are exactly the same. But Sprout and Loon, at one point, I wanted to get into like digital pet portraits. So there's one time, like a period where I was like, okay, I'm just going to practice. And so I think it was this time last year, actually, that I was like, okay, I'm just going to go like ham. And like Sprout and Luna portraits started popping up. And all of a sudden, people were like, can you make some of my pets? And I was Mm -hmm. like, I guess. I don't know if it's going to be good. Then it just became a thing. And so people were like, can you make one of my pets? 
can you make someone like that? It just became like a thing. And so I've made like Sprout and Luna Valentines and like fuck white supremacy art with them, coloring pages. Like they just like bring me so much joy. Like, I, I don't know. There's just like so much about these like two weirdo creatures that as someone with like multiple disabilities, anxiety and depression. And I mean, like, I think all of us like have we all have stuff and it's been a traumatic year like there's no one who has not experienced trauma in covid like in 2020 the dumpster fire of 2020 yes beyond dumpster fire it's been like a landfill fire i don't even know i think they have been like a theme in my art and like a source of like hilarity and lightness and ease and so they show up in in many different ways but I think they inspire they inspire so much art and whether it's like puns or dumb random memes or shit like I think I think that they yeah they're my muses in every way shape and form and actually Loon at the beginning of COVID I decided for the first few weeks of stay-at-home orders, I started making block prints. I called them pandemic prints. And Loon was the first one. And it was a picture of Loon sleeping in her little dog bed and her like little bat ears sticking straight up and her like snoozing in her little donut croissant sleeping position. And it was just like text that said stay home. And so she was the inspiration of the first, you know, pandemic print. And so that became something that I created. And after that, I just started creating prints every single week. And then eventually those all became digital and they were up and down Payne Avenue. They were blown up two foot by three foot up and down Payne Avenue. And one of them eventually became a billboard throughout the Twin Cities. And so, yeah, so all because of Luna, Luna Merganser. Thanks, you little spotted beast. (laughs) So, yeah, pretty special. My little familiars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Azania, you have artwork, don't you, of Kiki? Yes. I yeah. have reached out to Heather because Kiki is my angel. Oh, she's she perfect. To, yeah. She's in the living room, mm-hmm. her little photo. I love it. And I'm waiting for my two cats to have mm-hmm. their relationship, which they will be best friends. They will be sisters forever. And then I'm wait because like a party's like, oh, I want to send like Heather photos now, but like they're never going to cuddle. And I'm waiting for them yes. to have their natural relationship that Heather will capture. Ugh. And then I will put it on the wall. I'm very excited. And also we're trying to work with Heather to do maybe our logo for this podcast because yes. she's talented and we also jamie and i are also very dedicated to we both have black cats yes. <gasps> so we want to like that's right you know mm-hmm. represent them so that's exciting yes. oh mm-hmm. i love everything about that i love yeah. i love black cats i love everything Hell's about panthers them. oh yes. yes everything about them glowing eyes Ugh. models they're, they're basically models. Totally models they know everything Yes. I love everything about it. Right, Kiki? She just was like, I'm over it. Bye. Yeah. Like, your lap got too hot. And no. <laughs> Not the right temperature. Um, enough, <laughs> enough about art. You doted over me only so much. And now I will be gone. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. <laughs> well, we love pets over here, too. Yes. So we could mm. merge into some of our silly questions. Yes. That is something we're down for. I am ready for this. Please. Okay. 
Oh, uh, do you want to pick one, Jamie, or I have it pulled up? If you you pull one up, yeah. I don't okay. know if you have it up right now. So we can – we'll all answer it, but Heather, you'll go first. Oh, gosh, so okay. So our silly question is, what is your favorite smell? Puppies. Mm. Tell me more about that. I actually puppies don't do like the smell, smell of puppies, so I want mm. to hear you. And I'm sorry. I'm not – It's okay. I'm honest, though. So. I'd rather you be honest. Thank you. You know how people – some people just, like, love baby smell. I hate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe babies are, like, the feeling. I just, like, some people are like, I love the smell of babies. Like, I love the smell mm-hmm. of puppies. I just love their, like, little yes. puppy breath. I love their, like, little, like, oh, yeah. Just That's just, like, my – that's the shit for me. I will go up to, like, a brand new out-of-that <laughs> womb puppy. Fresh and I'm like, womb. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Womb, there it's it is. Ready? Yeah, like I just, I love a fresh puppy. Suckle away. Yeah, I, I don't like even all, care. Like new life is so like it's just there's there is that smell and maybe it is just like we love the smell of womb. I don't know. No, I mean, no, it's still on no, there. No, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am specifically into puppies. You're like just the puppies. Not just puppies. I have, I have, I have been to the Miracle Birth Barn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never yeah. again. That stuff is not good. Yeah, so I, I I've seen some I've seen some things. Zinia, <laughs> what is your favorite smell? Yeah, tell us about this. Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't actually thinking about it. I feel like Jamie, you had a thinking face. I feel like you should I share, and I will give myself more time. So I and have give some time. I have an example of <gasps> sweetgrass in my office. I mean, I have sweetgrass everywhere. It's like in the office. It's upstairs. It's in our mm. bedroom. And it just like it's one of those centering smells for me. And I think one, it just smells amazing, right? But it also is like there's memory tied to that, right? So mm-hmm. being young with my cousins at Powwow, and it was like the only thing we could afford with like the two dollars our parents gave us was like we could afford a braid of sweet grass. So we would buy that and just like smell it until we couldn't <sighs> anymore. So yeah, I think sweet grass has got to be, I mean, that's the thing that like can bring mm. me down, you know, when I really mm. just need to to be grounded a little bit. That's it for me. Jamie, I had a moment when you pulled up the sweet grass. I was like smell vision. I almost <laughs> <laughs> smell it through the screen. Yeah, I had this like moment where I was like, oh yes, Jamie. <laughs> so creepy. Love it. It's great. It's on brand. It's on our brand. Yes. <laughs> creepy into it. What about you, Xenia? Well, I guess kind of stemming from – I like the the smell and tied with memory. So I think one smell that like really triggers a really vivid memory for me is a smell of trash, particularly trash that has a lot of food that's been decaying as one, as one smells. I'll continue. Please <laughs> do. So uh, when I was 13, my mom forced me to volunteer at Camp Bridget, which it's called something else now. It's it's in Annandale, but it's a camp where people who have mental and physical disabilities of all ages. So my mom was tabling. She does a lot of community organizing. So she tabled next to this person that was advertising like, oh, hey, you can send your kids here. They can volunteer and help out. So my mom was like, you're doing it. And I was like, I'm 13. I have no free will. Of course, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, but one thing that they did at the camps is that they would take all the food scraps and they would mm-hmm. feed it to the pigs. And so that particular, because it's such a strong smell. Mm-hmm. I think when I was able to volunteer there and I volunteered there every summer until I was like 18, it was like the first place where 
I was around young people were like, they just really didn't monitor us, which like was great. <laughs> so I think it was like that my first taste of like freedom and yes. responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I was like able to help this, like these campers of like all ages and really think about like, well, how do I make everything accessible? Cause like, it's not. And so that was the most, it was challenging in like all the good ways. So I think the smell of decaying food and trash reminds me of like this one little way used to sing like he loves the, he loved this song on London Bridges Falling Down. So I would like hold him and I would sing it and then he'd be like, ah, he would just laugh so big. And I tried to sing him a song in Batak because I was like, I'm going to culture him up. So like I was like, like singing about cockatoos and he did not like it that was not his jam mm-hmm. and i was like i'll i'll go back but i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to do something but so, you tried you so tried that decay that's real the game trash i'm always gonna remember that now <laughs> thank y'all Yes. Mm. <laughs> so I've been pulling cards while we've been talking and I pulled some really I was wondering I just yeah, want to share I, you. I know whoosh, 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 whoosh. No. <laughs> whoosh, I was whoosh, like whoosh, she whoosh, whoosh, better whoosh. say something I will I will so I pulled first I pulled the queen of cups also mm. motherly devotion we were talking about that kind of like yes. vibe that's some good shit yes I pulled the king of wands mm, fire creativity Leader, I pulled four of swords talking about quietness, engagement, centered, and then I pulled the reverse five of cups. Hmm. And the reverse is interesting, it's about like equilibrium, cheer, like new Mm. partnerships, emotional growth. So I just thought that was really interesting. Those were good cards to pull, I think. It was, I was pretty Mm -hmm. happy with that, especially in 2020. Yes, I'm feeling that. Mm. Mm -hmm. I see you over there. I I see you with your whoosh 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 whoosh. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, oh my well, gosh. This has been great. Thank yes. you so much for like joining us on this like experiential journey JD and I are trying mm-hmm. to do. And yeah, we just we love talking to like wonderful powerful like humans and you're like everything Mm. that is that so yeah so thank you so much for your time and yeah you thank you for for letting us have you for a little bit of time yes and thank you all it's been Mm -hmm. so much fun and i can't wait to see what happens with this podcast i have no doubt that some really really amazing things are about to happen and so thanks for having me Thank you for listening to this episode of the Making It in Minnesota podcast. You can email us at makingitmn at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at making.it.mn. We would like to thank our producer, Marissa Alexa McCool. Couldn't do it without her. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.